0: Welcome, everyone, to a brand new episode of Ian Hates Movies. My name is Ian, and this is one of my favorite times of the year. Really, I talk about horror movies all the time, but there is something about talking about them in October. So before we get started with everything, let me introduce Nick. Nick, man, how are you doing today?
1: Oh, I'm doing well, man. I'm feeling spooky. Ooh, ooh,
0: yeah, I, I, I thought about hooking up a soundboard. <laughs> with a bunch of Halloween sounds. <laughs> I just didn't want to do it. <laughs> but now, coward. I, I know I am a fucking coward. But, oh man, I just, I'm so excited because I do truly love talking about horror movies. So, one of the things I want to mention right now is you're kind of get, for anyone who's listening right now, you're kind of going to get a bonus because we actually, Nick and I, recorded a whole, I want to say almost like a one hour and 45 minute episode on Halloween Ends when it was the night that it actually came out on Peacock, but then the file got corrupted. So we didn't get to do it. So instead of just rehashing the exact things that we talked about, we are also going to talk about that new Hellraiser that came out on Hulu. So everyone, happy Halloween to you. That is either your trick or your treat. (laughs) It's one of, it's whatever you enjoy. If you don't like the show, I don't know why you're listening in the first place. But if you like the show, maybe you're going to be a little happy that we're talking about two movies instead of just one. But I think it gives Nick and I a little respite because it was really tough, even though we had fun doing it. There were times that I could tell. I think both of us got legitimately angry talking about Halloween ends. Please correct me <laughs> if I'm wrong on that one,
1: Nick. No, and the the hard part, too, is uh, I think while you we know, had a good amount of anger that I'm glad we talked through. And, yes, you know, that's what therapy is all about. <laughs> I think the other side then is like I hadn't read any reviews about it yet. So I had ah. no idea like what other people had said before we saw it. Mm-hmm. So I guess now that we have chance, too, we can kind of uh, incorporate some things we learned after our initial review. Yeah, my, I think the
0: saddest thing that I saw was that I actually saw that some people liked this movie. Like, remember, it's, it's hard to describe memes, and I really do truly hate memes in general. But <laughs> it's hard to describe memes on a podcast. But have you seen the one where normally it's like the drawing, the really good drawing of a horse? like the backside of a horse. And then as it goes on, it looks like a 12 year old drew it. And then like a four year old drew it. And that's Ball. supposed to, yeah, it's supposed to show like how a movie has our book series or whatever, cartoon, whatever has gone from being really good to being really absolutely shitty. You've seen that, right? Yeah. 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 So I actually saw somebody do a fiery Phoenix horse, which was like super awesome. Showing that for all three Halloween movies, as in that they were all awesome and all went from amazing to even more amazing. And that blew my mind because I can't seriously think that anyone could have possibly liked Halloween. And I don't think anyone could have possibly liked Halloween Kills. I don't see how that's possible at all.
1: Yeah, I never heard anything positive about Halloween Kills. Right. But it was interesting, like the Halloween ends, like the memes and everything like people, people were supporting it. But also, I don't understand it. How did you choose, you know, to critique meme formatting? How did you choose just those movies? Like, don't you have to put in all the Hollywood, like all the fucking movies? And then you just have a very long limo horse. (laughs) (laughs) The the horse is like, you know, 10 movies long or something. It would be kind of funny. I would
0: like to see that completely honestly. And also, I think that if you ended everything with Halloween ends, would it just be a blank piece of paper?
1: (laughs) Because it's
0: just like nothing. It is so bad that you can't even draw something for it. It's just nothing. That's that's how uh, I see it, anyways.
1: Yeah, so it was interesting. I think the the most prominent people who liked it, Red Letter Media, put out like their whole half in the bag. Oh, did they it. do one? Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, and they both of them liked it. Yeah, um, what? Mike Jay. What? <laughs> yeah, they, I think it was like overall like a a B B minus effort was the wow. review. Wow. Okay. Higher than I was expecting, okay. but I think they both took it as like a fun like, view of, like, what is evil. That's kind of what their review went in. Okay. All right. I mean, I guess I get that a little... By
0: the way, I actually do respect those guys. I think they do a very good job. I, I don't often... It's kind of similar to how I don't really listen to other podcasts. I find it difficult to read anyone else's reviews or watch anyone else's reviews, but they are one of those people... Like, they just... That whole group does such a good job with what they do so i do respect them i don't always agree with them and this will be this will have to be one of those ones where i certainly do not agree but i think it's interesting so yeah sorry go go ahead what what about the evil part were they talking about
1: they were they were talking about the nature of evil and how you know a large portion of this movie is about it's almost like a protege style horror movie you know that trope that's been going through recently especially like last year with the new scream movie Sure, and so they've been talking about like, oh, the evil is being transferred, you know, from killer to killer. and by staring deeply into his eyes, you know he's he's finding out the pain he has inside and something, which I guess I saw it, but <laughs> to me, that's not how I took it. no,
0: and I think that's the same thing for me because I think when we when we originally talked and i'm trying I'm gonna try not to reference when we did the other episode that no one will ever hear, but i I got a tear when I saw that. I got a terrible feeling like this was Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Because once again, you go into the transfer of evil, meaning it's not inherent in that person. You have used some type of, whether it's the mask or it's something else, you've used something to create that evil, not uncover that evil and allow that evil to then take hold. It's almost like it's not inherent. So now it's almost like a possession.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: And I don't like that. I, that. I don't like that when it comes to, because even Friday the 13th did that at one point where the mask was what transferred the evil. I, I just, I don't see that in these, in slasher movies like this. I want an actual ending for Michael Myers. I want to know why was Michael Myers in that drainage uh sewage area like why did he go in the tunnels why did he just all of a sudden stop killing that still makes zero sense to me
1: yeah and that's why i kind of disagreed with their their take on the whole nature of evil being important because then why do you make it about him being the sewers why was there a dormant period at all like wouldn't evil just always find a way and you know never be underground for that long right so if they want to put so much weight on you know the character of the shape. (laughs) <laughs> then I think it's it's a hard sell for the way they shot the first half of this movie. Right. No, no, it absolutely is. And I
0: think that's this trilogy was extremely disjointed. I remember doing mm-hmm. a review of the of that Halloween, the one from 2018, I think. I remember doing a review of that on this show and talking about how I think I really liked like the first three-fourths of it or so. I thought it was, I thought it was well done. I think once again, I think they were ripping off Scream 3, which I think Mm -hmm. Halloween actually rips off Scream a lot. Um, and I know people be like, well, well, Halloween came first. Yeah, it did come first, but then Scream reinvented the entire (laughs) slasher industry. Like it, it did. So they stole, I think a lot from Scream. And one of the things they stole was obviously Laurie Strode now arming herself, basically living off the grid, creating a, a system where, uh, you know, she could trap Michael at some point. And I think that was really the only time in that movie that it got really hokey was when all of a sudden the daughter's like, this is what we've trained for our whole lives. And all of a sudden she becomes like the person that she didn't want to be. And then they all basically play home alone with Michael. <laughs> like that's yeah. that's the tough that's the tough part about the end of that movie. But before that, I was completely fine with them reestablishing the character, cutting out all those other sequels and just going from Halloween 1 to this. That totally made sense to me. So I like that. But then we get into Halloween Kills, which you and I have made fun of over and over again, which was the uh, first person uh, killing of all the firemen (laughs) at the beginning (laughs) of the movie. And then Uh... the consistent... You know, evil dies tonight, evil dies tonight, evil dies tonight, and then guess what? Evil didn't die. No. It almost technically died, I guess, because after he kills Laurie's daughter at the end of the movie, you go into the third movie and everyone's basically forgotten. Yeah. And it's such a weird transition because what I was told online every time that I made fun of Halloween Kills, I had so many... (laughs) smart-ass people being like, oh, Ian, it's supposed to be that way. The whole thing, you know, the whole trilogy is going to take uh, part in one night, and we just needed that middle movie to get to the finale, and it's going to be awesome, and there were so many good parts in Halloween Kills that will set up that, and then obviously that's completely wrong. But you know what's really weird, Nick? I still haven't received any apologies from people. you would think i mean twitter is such like a a great place to have discussions and talk to people you would have thought that all of a sudden all those people that were fucking you know telling me i was a fucking moron for a year you think maybe they would come out of the word work and go like oh sorry man we're we're wrong you were right again like but that didn't
1: happen isn't that strange yeah you did you keep receipts oh twitter it's oh i
0: I have i have receipts (laughs) oh boy but I did not take anything out on those people because what does it matter? <laughs> what does it matter? But it's really funny when you put your your factual information out there and then people all of a sudden think that they know more about something when they simply don't have the background in horror movies and they don't know how these things are going to turn out. I wonder if they watch this movie. I, I bet you they're the ones that actually pretend to enjoy the movie so they can be different than everyone you know those type of people
1: oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. just like, contrarian for the sake of it yes it's fun to argue
0: and it's by the way it's contrarian to the quote-unquote positive right because they love oh, to yeah, go, yeah. they love to go along with the very popular movies they love to say oh yeah no this this made so much money so of course it's good but then when it's something mm-hmm. like this where universally <laughs> sorry i think i just coughed there universally Everyone despises this movie, but they want to be the ones to say, no, we're different. We we found this other little part that that
1: just went over your heads. You know, that's that's yeah. the kind of thing. That
0: like. <laughs> oh, God,
1: I don't know how people have the energy for that.
0: Right. <laughs> right. Like for me, yeah. for for me and you, I just I like talking about this on a podcast, but I couldn't imagine going on Twitter and writing a thesis on it. Yeah. Thank God we have real jobs. And that is true. <laughs> like that is really. <laughs> yeah. suck. We don't. I mean, I don't care about getting paid for this shit. We do this for fun, and then we put the episodes out. And if people listen, they listen. If they don't, they don't. We have actual lives and jobs to get back to. So mm-hmm. to me, it's just fun to talk about horror movies. And I really would have loved to come on the show and go, "Okay, Halloween One, you know, was looking good. It kind of faltered at the end. Halloween Kills was terrible, but man, did they come back." and end Michael Myers the way they should have with Halloween ends it just didn't happen that way they took so many weird routes to get to where i guess they wanted to go but for what is supposed to be an a quote unquote iconic character i i don't think that they ended this movie correctly i know that's my opinion what about you
1: yeah i think the the hardest part for me looking back is still 100% haven't changed my opinion from like 2 weeks ago right but I think in the context of the trilogy and, you know, like you're saying, like the story it's trying to tell in total and not just this is like a movie that is a sequel. If you're trying to give finality to this story. Yeah, it was even worse when you think about the movie that came right before it. And I yeah. think I had forgotten about that context where this is, you know, evil dies tonight. No, 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 <laughs> no <laughs> nope. it was just terrible. No, it, it's, die, it, it's dies, three, of... <laughs> it dies three years later. You know, and that's fine. If you know you bake in some context, it just seemed like a poorly planned trilogy. I agree hundred percent for the majority of the first one. They had me, right? Uh, the last quarter of a movie kind of lost me. Uh, the entire second one, especially the firefighter fight <laughs> completely lost me. I'm glad they tried something new, you know, kudos sure. to them. Um, didn't work out, but nope. they took a risk. That's admirable. And they kind of had to like scrape it up. For the last part of the trilogy, you know, you could kind of tell that they were trying to like put some pieces of the jigsaw back together that were not initially designed to fit.
0: Yeah. And that's that seems to me to be very strange. Now, I don't know a ton of the background uh, of the writing process and whatnot, but I do believe I was told and I think we were all told at the very beginning that this was written to be a trilogy and that everything was written when that first movie came out. So to me, to not have the storyline ready to go and not to have cohesion or the understanding of why certain things are happening that context that we talk about so much, that's what seems strange to me. If they had put this movie out in 2010 and then it got greenlit in 2018, so they were like, oh, shit, let's go back to our old notes and let's see where we want to take this, then I guess in a way that makes more sense. But this seems unapologetically wrong like yeah i i don't even though it seemed to be the same writers throughout i i don't know how you came up with these ideas where you said oh yeah this is good because none of it is no so i just it blows my mind sometimes to think about that like when you have the ability and who knows maybe it's the I, I don't know, maybe it's the company, you know, the the producers, maybe, you know, someone went in there and said, well, you can't do this because that doesn't make any sense. Blah, and no, we want this to happen. But yet, how do you come up with, okay, you went from the first one to second one. The daughter dies at the end of the second one. Now, in the third one, you're not on the same night anymore. You're not even in the next year. Well, technically it starts, I guess, with the next year, but then let's jump three years ahead. And no one has seen or heard from Michael Myers for four years. How how does that make sense in what storyline you were just telling? Yeah.
1: It it really the short answer is it doesn't. I get what they're setting up with the Corey guy. Yeah. You know, right. like the the new evil protege. I was terrified towards the end of the movie that this would be like, Oh, nope, now the evil is continuing. Now Corey is the shape. Well really scared about that.
0: Did they throw think- did they also throw Corey into <laughs> A chipper or whatever the fuck. <laughs> A
1: car crusher. <laughs> oh, no. He only got stabbed in the neck. He might be still alive. God damn it. Here yep. comes the fourth movie. Sorry, man. Yeah. I hate to... <laughs> oh, not again. Uh, I hate to tell you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but, man, there's there are so many things that are wrong. Look, so many things that are wrong with this movie. But let's, let's say the one positive. All right. Let's talk
1: about that first scene. Do you want to take this away? Oh, yeah. No, first scene, I'll rant and rave about this is excellent execution of how a horror movie should kick off when you're in an established franchise because you know what to expect, right? Right. It's the babysitter's home alone and you answer the phone and you want to watch a scary movie like it's a classic happens every time. Love it. Mm -hmm. So when you set up that anticipation, like they played off it. Well, it's about this young kid who needs a babysitter at his parents' house. His parents are going to a Halloween movie. So the kid's sitting around with his nerdy, like they call him like the fourth choice babysitter. Like it was like whoever was available on like Halloween night, that's just who the babysitter is going to be. He wanted to be an engineer. So already we have a connection with this guy. Oh yeah. And like, he's just a loser just like us. Yeah, exactly. You can tell it, you know, in the eye contact. (laughs) And so You know, the the babysitter's left alone with the kid. The kid's an absolute dickhead. They set that up. Oh, yeah. Definitely didn't like that fucking kid. No, no, no. And the kid's just, you know, harassing the babysitter about, like, oh, it's Halloween night. You know, you're you're scared of horror movies, blah, 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 blah. You know, Michael Myers is going to kill you because you're the babysitter. Like, I'm not worried. Right. (laughs) And, like, they're playing off it very well. You know, they're having fun. They're watching the thing, which... Yeah. My favorite. I guess if you could call it a horror movie, it's definitely my favorite horror movie of all time. Damn good movie. One of the classics. Oh yeah. And so then um the babysitter goes to the fridge, you know, he's it's the classic setup of, well, the the fr- the, the way the camera is framed, you know, like you've got half of the fridge door open and it's like really claustrophobic view. You're not with sure the, what's going on. With the butcher knife there as well. Oh, with the butcher knife there, just right on the table. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, felt good. And just the tension (laughs) keeps ratcheting and ratcheting, and, like, you're expecting something to go wrong. And then the kid's gone, and you hear, like, a a vase break or something. Like, there's that that audible cue that something is wrong. Mm -hmm. The front door's unlocked. And then you just kind of get this very claustrophobic view of the babysitter, like, going from room to room, like, hey, this isn't funny. Like, come out. Stop hiding. Like, worried about the kid. They have this gorgeous shot, like, up this, it's not quite a spiral, is it a spiral staircase? I don't know, it's very yeah, wide it, spiral staircase. It looks staircase. nice, though, yeah. Yeah, 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 it's very well shot, and there's still light in the scene, That um, yep. all that light goes away later, so uh, that kind of sucks, <laughs> but, you know, it's like a, kind of a vertigo-esque. Okay, sure. And so, they goes up the spiral staircase looking for the kid, and then he gets locked in the attic. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. And the music's really rationing up at this point, and you're just the way it's shot like you're just expecting him to get murdered from behind. Yeah, classic. Right. And he's trying, he's trying, he's trying. And then you hear like the kid laughing on the other side, and the parents are like, oh. coming
0: home too at the same time. Yep.
1: And at this point, the parents are coming home, you know, they're unlocking the front door, and obviously, the babysitter's terrified at this point, yeah, and just kicks the door down. Unfortunately for him, on the other side of the door is the kid. The yep. kid gets hit by the door and then flies over the band- the, the railing of the, like, this is going to be like the third or fourth floor of their giant house. Yep. And just absolutely blows up at the bottom. Just Her like legs split. going the wrong way. Yeah. And just right as the parents come in. So parents open the door. Boom. Right on the ground. Yep. That was excellent. And then a babysitter comes out of the room and he's holding the knife and boom, he's there he is. This is his problem now. Now is his life. <laughs> yep. It's a,
0: it's a great misdirection. Like a, oh, yeah. a really good misdirection. And you find out at some point that this is a uh, year after that original Halloween from the trilogy. Yeah. So everything that went down that previous Halloween, now you're at that one. So that's why the mythos of of, you know, Michael Myers is still there for this all to happen. But I love the misdirect. Because, first of all, man, have, have you ever not wanted a kid to die in a movie like this? What, what a perfect way to start. <laughs> <laughs> so when I see that, I'm like, okay, maybe they are doing something with this movie that will make sense. But then you fast forward three years later. So you, you leave that whole timeline right there. And now you're three years later. And Michael Myers still has not returned. So that's now four years that you don't have Michael Myers. And somehow they don't even really talk about it. But somehow he got he got off. He did not have to go to jail. I I guess nothing happened to him after he kills this kid, which (laughs) is a huge shocker, especially because these movies are taking place technically in that would have been what, 2019 or something, right? I think the first movie yeah. took place in 2018, 2019. So now you're in 2022. So this is following the same rules technically that real life should be following. In most cases, no one's going to get off for killing a kid, even if it was by mistake. Yeah. You're at least going to, I don't know, juvie or you're going to at least like a year of prison, I would think. I, I, I could be wrong, but I think you're going to get something.
1: If there's any way that looks good. No, and how you know, do you, like the parents yeah. aren't going to forgive him, <laughs> right? And they don't. I missed you amnesty there. Yeah, yeah, as
0: you see later on in the movie, they don't. So it's just right there, though. I was I was shocked because I thought this was just going to be a okay. We're talking about how much of a stranglehold Michael Myers still has on the town of Haddonfield that everyone's on edge. But then mm-hmm. he disappears for four total years, and you don't hear anything about it. So yeah. it, it just seems very strange to me. And then the weird choices they make in the movie with having the the, the ugliest uh, marching band be bullies uh. still does not make sense to me. I, I don't understand how that works. I don't understand how Corey, the, the guy we were talking about who killed the kid, how he didn't leave Haddonfield. I, I still don't understand that part. It, it's just a very... <sighs> I, it's a frustrating movie. Yeah,
1: and then you yeah, know, I guess that's, yeah, that's go ahead. the part I had trouble with is okay. that you're locked in time. Mm-hmm. So something had to have occurred in that period of time. You know, like that's that's the purpose of flashing forward so that you can establish something thematically. Right. Otherwise, why didn't this movie just happen the next Halloween? Yeah, I you know that's kind of what I'm getting at. Like, there's still the same fear. Right. You know, now the babysitter killed the kid or whatever. He's still the pariah. But, you know, when you wait time, if you're trying to sell that he's the pariah and everybody hates him in this whole community, shouldn't it be sooner to the incident?
0: Yes. Right. Yeah. Like, why? Why hasn't the marching band been bullying him all this time? Exactly. And if that's what you're going for, why wouldn't that happen? Now, I understand. So he he's been coping, you know, just being the pariah of this of this small town. Then you've got, you know, Lori's granddaughter. Who lost her mother? she's still coping with what happened because you know she she fought Michael Myers. her mother was killed by Michael Myers. Now all of a sudden, the only person I guess you can say who had any change in their life was Lori Strode, who instead of being rational, like everyone knows that's that's the thing. there in a lot of movies, that that you go to a new place, or you um you recreate your life, or something, you restart your life. People don't believe you, right? When when Sidney Prescott went to college, people go, "Oh my God, I can't believe that happened to Sidney." But there's no way that can happen now. We still don't believe until they actually see things that are happening in Haddonfield. Everyone knows that Michael Myers exists. Everyone knows what he's capable of. So. Why, all of a sudden, does Lori, who lost her daughter, do another complete 180 and pretend like everything is fine? She doesn't lock her doors anymore. She doesn't talk about Michael Myers. She doesn't even have an alarm system in her house. It it just, once again, the continuity of everything doesn't make any sense. She's not being a realistic person anymore. Yeah. So that's, that's a strange thing to me. I understand you don't have to take it to the extremes that the first movie did where, you know, she has a fortress, a cabin that's a fortress, booby trap for Home Alone. I understand you don't have to do that. But you should probably have a, uh, what do you call it? You should probably have a alarm system or maybe every Halloween you leave Haddonfield. Maybe you go to fucking Disney. Or some shit. Yeah, like do do your annual vacation during that time, so that way you don't have to worry about that stuff anymore. I, I, you know what I mean? Like that would be realistic thinking, and I think they're trying to show people that they're being more realistic and grounded by doing this, but it doesn't work. That's that's not good writing.
1: I just it just fell flat for that period of time. Like first scene, great. Next 15 to 20 minutes are always going to be slow. You know, you're meeting the town, how sure. everybody's changed, what's happened since the last movie. But it's not like you learn anything meaningful. Right. You know, right. like like Ian's saying, you're introduced to, you know, the granddaughter who is now being raised by Laurie. Mm-hmm. And nothing really comes of that. You learn that her life is shit. She has a broken down car. She's a nurse. She's a nurse, you know, and she's abused in her position. Yeah. But it's, it's nothing about, like, the city. They make it... This whole thing is about, like, oh, there's something about here where this just stuff goes wrong. <laughs> they never, never established the city as a character, you know?
0: Right. It just feels like the get... past. It feels weird, yeah. though, doesn't it? Like, when you look at the movie, you don't think this is the year 2022. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, and I think that's a little lazy, too, is that they don't bring it up to speed a little bit the way they should they kind of leave it in the past. And I, I don't know if that's some type of artistic choice or not, but I don't think it worked for what they were trying to do. If you wanted to modernize this and make this something where people were scared of it today, then you have to make it not feel like it's something from before. You have to make it feel now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So that, that's a little strange to me. Look, I have, I have no problem with the two of them, you know, Corey and the, and the granddaughter falling in love. Or whatever, it kind of makes sense. They both have that kind of victim mentality. They both want someone who they can trust, who has been in similar situations of being a pariah, you know, even though she's technically the victim and he's technically the aggressor, I guess you would call them in this situation, you still it's still showing that in life, the trauma that you deal with is similar in yeah. a way. So, if that's the message they're trying to put out there, that's completely fine with me i I get it like she gives and she gives him a lot of leeway she gives him like a ton a ton <laughs> of leeway on a lot of stuff but but I still understand why they might be a good match for each other that that makes sense. What doesn't make sense though is once again, you know having the Uh, The mother of the kid who was killed three years ago hanging out at the bar on Halloween. That doesn't make sense. Why hasn't she moved? She doesn't live in the same house anymore. Why is she still living in the same town? And why is she going out to get drunk on Halloween nights with these people? Like, I know everyone, maybe another thing is like everyone has their coping mechanism or something. Maybe that's what we're supposed to get out of this movie. But it's still doesn't make sense it's too coincidental it just it's like the plot needs that to happen so that's why it's there
1: yeah yeah they just lost the character setup part of it (laughs) yeah yes okay
0: all right i I like that yeah yeah. so that that spurs him into another you know instance where he's you know being (laughs) being bullied by the marching band and <laughs> it just feels wrong yeah, to say it does it does but it's just so it is so stupid because that's exactly what it is and then these kids i guess have no problem committing murder basically and they they throw him over the bridge and he survives but he's he's drugged into the sewers by michael myers who still it doesn't it's not told why he's living there or why he would do that like why mm-hmm. would you take an interest in this person and then you have him you know waking up and then them looking in the eyes and then michael i guess sees that there is evil in him or puts the evil in him uh, whatever it happens to be and lets him live mm-hmm. and then cory just becomes a killer he just becomes a murderer and that's what he does and yeah. still and here's the other thing too goes after lori for really no reason because it's not like lori, like it's not like the granddaughter is listening to lori's opinions so there is no reason to try and make lori look bad but once again it's like the thing that they said they were going to try to not do in this trilogy which was to try to not have a connection between lori and michael to make it that they're not related, to make it that there is no driving factor between the two of them. But yet you go back to it because why would he want to do anything to Lori? It's still that doesn't make any sense.
1: Yeah. And that that's the one that really got me because then it's like it's less about you're setting up this just like transmissible evil and it becomes personalized again for no good reason for right. or at least a reason they don't set up
0: <laughs> yeah they definitely do not set up that reason because now if the if the granddaughter had told lori like oh i yeah you're right i shouldn't see this guy anymore he's weird and and he is he's super weird like there's really no reason for him to for her to continue to give him the shadow of the doubt on all this kind of stuff it is really weird but she's also fucked up by trauma so she's letting this go because this is someone that she thinks like, hey, we're we're in the same boat. I finally have someone who's like me. But it also seems like Haddonfield is probably full of the people that have been traumatized by Michael Myers.
1: Yeah, that's literally their whole thing. <laughs>
0: yeah, I think it says it on the sign. <laughs>
1: to, to you know, like when they give you the population count, oh, there's yeah. like people who have been traumatized, people who
0: haven't. It's one of those automatic (laughs) population things so
1: they can can have it go down in real time. (laughs) Yeah, somebody just watches it every Halloween night. Yep, That's how they know how to call the police or not. Oh, fuck. See, we have good ideas. I don't know why these aren't in
0: the movie. Great
1: city planning.
0: Uh, So then, oh yeah, and then there's that DJ guy. And that's another thing. It's 2022. There are no real radio
1: stations (laughs) anymore.
0: (laughs) Especially a radio station where the guy owns a radio station, and is on 24-7. <laughs> it just
1: doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make sense.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, man. You're right, though. It's uh, There's some kind of weird time vacuum happening here. Yeah. It's 2022, but it's not really. If they wanted to establish
0: that, then just do it a different way, then. If that's what you want, like make your stylistic choice, but you're, you're trying to cram too many things into one movie that really needed consistency. Like the whole point of cutting out every terrible fucking sequel in this Halloween, like mess of a, of a fucking franchise was to straighten things out and say, okay, here's a cohesive storyline where Michael Myers, Finally ends that's the whole point of of the movie, whether it's Laurie dying, him dying, them both dying, whatever it happens to be, you have four movies from number one to the trilogy that is supposed to
1: take care of all of that. But yet mm-hmm. they don't do that. no. It's just like for the last thirty minutes of this movie, it's all you needed, yeah,
0: yeah, I would say, and even then, you're still going to get pissed. Because oh, I mean, yeah. uh we might as well skip to it, right? Is there really anything to is there really anything to go over? I mean, that whole killing the the nurse who was fucking the doctor and killing the doctor, all that made no sense because it was never discussed. You know what I mean? Like she never yeah. she never went and went, Hey, Corey, can you believe it? The doctor and the nurse that I didn't like or were killed and now I'm getting the promotion I wanted. None of that was discussed. <laughs> So there was no point, other than having it that Michael was able to stab a little girl so hard into a wall that she hung there like a like a butterfly.
1: What else? It what was else? It good, Gore. Get? I'll give him that. Yeah,
0: it was a good. It's fine. But then also Corey, like standing there with like his hand on the glass, was weird. It, it was like mm-hmm. it was almost like a Goodwill hunting scene. It's like, what do you think of, of Dem murders?
1: <laughs> I
0: don't. think so. Oh. Oh, man. So, yeah, like none of this kind of stuff really mattered. And then Laurie kind of, you know, getting in her head that Corey was like the reincarnation of Michael kind of. And Mm -hmm. then him trying to set her up like he goes to kill Laurie. And once again, there's no reason to do it except that. Yeah. yeah, Unless you're evil. If anyone is evil, they they go to kill Laurie. (laughs) I mean, if if that's the story you're telling, I I guess that's fine. It just seems very weird. So he goes to kill her. Of course, he can't take care of this veteran, right? A veteran in both sense uh, of the word. Mm -hmm. He can't take care of this old lady. So he decides, oh, I'm going to show her and make her granddaughter leave her because I'm going to kill myself and make it look like she killed me. Yeah. So that's what he does. But then Michael for real shows up after that. And then it's Lori versus Michael now, too. And then the daughter ends up the sorry, the granddaughter ends up coming back and helping her. And that's how they finally kill Michael Myers.
1: Yeah. Yay. Family power. Yeah. Woo, family. And and
0: that's what that's what also still to me, they didn't learn their lessons because they they pinned Michael down finally, right? And they're like cut it stabbing him or whatever. But then they still only slice his throat. Mm-hmm. They don't cut off his head. They don't dismember him they're, they're, I still don't understand how after all these movies, you don't cut off the person's head. It, it still feels very weird to me. And then they, you know, they call the police. Everyone shows up. They leave Corey. I guess no one cares about the dead kid there. <laughs> and then they take him and basically everyone carries him to the car yard. So when I say everybody, it's like people are coming out of their houses because they're making announcements. Like they're, they're going through Adfield, just grabbing anyone they possibly can to have a parade of death for Michael Myers. And then they throw him into the car crusher <laughs> at, at, the, at the fucking junkyard. But you're telling me there wasn't anyone there that was like, hey, maybe we should take a blood sample and make sure this is actually Michael
1: Myers. <laughs> <laughs> You've just been fooled so many times before. Yeah.
0: Oh, oh. It, yeah. It's just, it, it just blows my mind that that's how they felt everything should be good. And then I'm assuming, I'm assuming that Laurie Strode then goes to Japan, I guess with the sheriff and, or the retired sheriff. And then they show the granddaughter finally moving out of Haddonfield. So maybe she's passed her trauma now, which is, good, I guess. It seemed like such a, I don't know, such a, how do you say it? Like an unfulfilling ending to this character that, like I said, is so quote unquote iconic. How do you, I mean, the only thing I can say that killed Michael Myers is bad writing.
1: (laughs) Yay! The real funny part. So, you know, you, you covered it pretty well in detail over the course of maybe 20 to 30 seconds what happens at the end of the movie <laughs> guess how long that is in real time oh my god i don't even want to know what like 15 20 minutes <laughs> yeah i guess they were really drawn out the uh, dramatics of it and i don't know for some odd fucking reason i get it you know it's they make almost like a ritual out of getting rid of the body right but it's literally five minutes of them driving cars in like a conga line yeah up and down the streets and like it's a whole procession. The entire town's in on it. Yeah, the, And the, it's just, why?
0: The sheriff with the cowboy hat shows up for the first time. I'd like, It's like he did legitimately nothing. Yet he was in the <laughs> first really two nothing. movies. He was in the first two movies. And you're like, oh, this guy's going to have some sort of something to do. And you see him one time at the end. And that's yep. it. It blows my mind. I just still can't believe that they had the concept of this idea for three movies and this was the concept it had to have been changed i just i can't see how you decide that this was a good way to do it yep so yeah i mean that's look we can make fun of a whole lot more uh, but like i said we did two hours making fun of it before <laughs> so we i want to move on to a to a different movie but what i want to what i do want to ask you though is how did you feel about michael myers in general like the halloween franchise because now look there is no, I, I would never put money on this being the end of Halloween because now with all of our nostalgia, anything that you liked when you were a kid, any actual franchise that exists, nothing is safe because everyone is just completely crea- creativ- uh, creatively, creatively bankrupt now. So it's much easier to take a franchise or an existing idea and just destroy it. Just, just drive it into the fucking ground and piss on it and then throw it in a car compactor. Like that's, that's easy for people to do. So I will not say that this is the end of Halloween because I don't think that it is. So my question to you, Nick is what did you think in general of the franchise, even before these, these, this last trilogy was, was announced.
1: Uh, it's kind of tough. I didn't really love them. I loved the first two movies, the originals. Okay. All right. I I enjoyed that style like cuz you know, you see them when you're younger and they're not poisoned by the later films that are more accessible. Right. I enjoyed them. They were fun. I would see them once in a while. No real challenge there. And then I just saw the rest of them because that's what you do when you're a teenager. You just marathon through all of them. Right. Because they were playing on sci-fi and whatever,
0: you know, all all the time around Halloween time, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, I was never a huge Michael Myers fan. I always thought it had a great song. Yeah. I thought that piano riff and everything, like, I thought that was great. I think music in a lot of these movies can play a huge role. And for Michael Myers to have him stand out to the Jasons and whatnot, that was what was great about him. For me, though... If you gave me, if you're talking about you know franchises of of these slashers, these supernatural slashers and whatnot, for me it's it's Freddy. Freddy's my guy. That's oh, yeah. for sure. So I was never a Michael Myers. You know, oh my God, Halloween's the greatest or anything. Like I appreciated, like like you said, probably the first two movies for being, you know, kind of ahead of their time. What they were in the 70s and stuff. Mm-hmm. So there was some, or maybe 70s, early 80s for the second one, possibly, but. I liked, I I certainly liked what was done with it, but I was never like, oh my God, Michael Myers is the man. Like I just, I never connected
1: to that character. Yeah. Something I just thought about right now. Sorry to jump in. Oh no, do it. Do it. So since all of these were basically made for streaming, Mm -hmm. you know, realistically looking back on it, I think it's going to be hard for them to justify that, especially because you know, now in terms of like search engine engine optimization and everything, these are going to be the movies that show up when you want to watch Halloween. Yes, absolutely. And because of the way the rights are scheduled and everything, it's going to be hard to get access to the original Halloween versus the new ones. Everybody's going to have HBO Max, Peacock, blah, 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 blah. You're going to have access to some way to see these movies easily with the click of a button. Mm -hmm. Seeing the originals is not as easy. No. So you think about it and you wonder how much of a damage it does to the overall reputation of the character, because you can't see the objectively good ones anymore.
0: Right. Well, you can also, and I I never thought these were good either, but it's hard to find the Rob Zombie versions of of Halloween. Like it's it's pretty yeah. difficult to find that kind of stuff too. So yeah, it's it, I mean try try find <laughs> try finding Halloween H two O. Try finding those. It's actually pretty difficult. Like unless. I think unless, like, sci-fi plays it or or something like that, most of the time, I don't think a lot of streaming services have those ones at all. So you're right. Uh, Those ones are going to be the big ones that people watch, and I would would think that would damage that reputation. Like, it would not have the gravitas that Michael Myers has based on how horrendously these last couple
1: movies have been written. I mean, putting the question to you, Ian... When they make the next one, (laughs) do you think it'll be off of this trilogy storyline? Or do you think they're going to reboot it again? What reboot are we on? Is this like, (laughs) is this storyline?
0: Yeah, I think they'll do it again. Well, look, uh, people got to remember, or I mean, maybe some people don't. Jamie Lee Curtis, Laurie Strode was killed by Michael Myers before. Legitimately killed in the movies not coming back. And then they made more movies after that without her in it. But yet they rebooted it to have her back. Now, I think she's gotten to an age, it seems anyways, I believe, from what she said, that she doesn't or isn't going to play Laurie anymore. But when money talks, money fucking screams. I mean, if she got an offer in two years to play Laurie again, I bet you would be hard to turn it down
1: yeah, but where do you go from? Oh, I almost just asked a logical question. Yeah, sorry exactly. yeah come uh, on. asked an come answer on. Nope. <laughs> I almost just I almost just wanted to ask about you know thematics, but nope, you're right. that yeah. was that was too far. Plus you just bring you just bring Cory back. You just bring Corey back. Yeah.
0: you say Corey is now Michael Myers and he goes off in search of the granddaughter.
1: Yep, and you're just going to have to bring that uh, that wood chipper everywhere you go. I mean, that's the only <laughs> way this is ever going to get resolved. They need that. They're going to have one on every yeah. block in that town. They need the Fargo wood chipper everywhere. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, dude. I just look. I, I honestly, when you talk about when you talk about the real people that know horror, the people that have grown up with this stuff, the people that watch everything, I can't believe that now you can say the legacy of Michael Myers is a good one. I don't think you can say it ended. I think also it takes down Jamie Lee Curtis a huge amount. I think you have to say, if you're talking about the greatest ever final girl, I don't think it's Laurie Strode anymore. I think it's Sidney Prescott. I think you have to give it to Nev Campbell now, because even though the Scream movies haven't been the greatest of all time, all the time, they certainly have a more realistic uh, storyline. And have the characters actually do smarter, actual things than what Laurie Strode did. I mean, Sydney Prescott showed up in The Last Scream because of what happened to Dewey. But she shows up with a gun. She protects her (laughs) family. Like, she leaves her family there. And they're off in a safe house, basically. She doesn't tell people where she lives. She's by herself. Only a few people have her phone number. But she's Sydney fucking Prescott. And she comes by and she kills bad guys because that's what she yep. fucking does. But she still is a logical person who is smart and Lori Strode is not. So I think you have to say the real final girl, the scream queen, all that kind of stuff has to go to Nev Campbell and Sidney Prescott. It has to now. Yeah. I don't know, man. God, I, eh? I just had to I had to put that out there. People might be yeah. mad, but sorry, if you just watch those two movies, if you watch Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends, and you still think that there's some justification for I I just don't get it.
1: Yeah. Eh, it's just, you're right. It waters down the legacy.
0: It, it really does. So any, any final thoughts on Halloween at all? Halloween Ends?
1: Uh, no, I think, interestingly, I think if they... Uh, this is always gonna be my complaint. At the end of every time I talk to Ian, <laughs> this movie's two hours long. I'm always gonna come down to the brass tacks or it's like an hour fifty or some shit. Yeah, you know, hundreds yeah. of hours. <laughs> I think you're 20 <laughs> minutes away from this just being something you can watch every Halloween. Like it's just in your rotate your rotating list of just like, hey, here's a horror movie. It's got some stuff you can watch. Like the beginning scene, totally worth it. If it's free on streaming for you. I think it's worth it just for that. I think it's very well executed and it's a masterclass in how you can, you know, play off old horror tropes well to create something that's new and interesting and definitely like cinematography wise. Well done.
0: Yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, go ahead, everyone. If you have not seen Halloween Ends, first of all, uh, don't pay for it. I mean, if you have Peacock, oh God, no. yeah, yeah, oh. Peacock, you, ha- you get it for free. So just watch it on um, Peacock. But then... Watch that first scene for sure and then turn it off. There's there's no reason like I watched I'm not I'm not going to I'm not going to lie about this. I watched Halloween Kills and Halloween ends once each. That's why we're yeah. not spouting off character names. You know what I mean? We're not we're not going into complete specifics because we watched this movie once. I have no need to watch those movies again
1: ever. Oh, okay, so here's, you know, dating ourselves a little bit, you know, we weren't burned in the streaming generation. <laughs> it's a good way to how I feel about this movie, even if you cut it down for TV. So you take, you know, the superfluous 35 minutes out to <laughs> make it so that it's a, a two hour with ads movie. Sure. If this came on, like AMC, sci-fi, you know, one of the classics around Halloween, on a Saturday afternoon, I was only doing chores and I was just around the house, I wouldn't watch it. Oh, see, I would still turn, I would still turn
0: the channel. Yeah. Yeah, dude, I I am so maybe maybe I'm not letting the venom out as much uh, on this, (laughs) but I I despise that movie, except for that first scene. I despise everything that they did in that movie. So I have no need. I didn't I didn't get enough laughter. Out of it, too. Oh, yeah, that's that's the thing. So, I, I would definitely turn it because I just have, as you know, Nick, and I think a lot of people who listen who have listened over the years to the show know that I have so many horror movies that I truly love that for me, clicking on to something else and putting on something that I love in the background, I'll still do that over putting up with watching this garbage
1: again. Fair enough. Yeah, so, there's yeah. better shit to watch, <laughs> <laughs> like, there's no need for this to exist. No, but I thought what. Halloween ended. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Halloween (laughs) ended for me. (laughs) But I understand
0: that if you saw this, just like what you're talking about, that whole scenario, I understand that you might just leave it on in the background. And I think that would happen with some people as well. But I tend to like different, like I could put on so many of the, what do you call it, the Nightmare on Elm Streets, the uh, Friday the 13th. I could put a lot of those on in the background and just
1: be happier. Yeah, that just makes more sense. So that's a better use of your time, yeah. And for me,
0: yeah, for me, for sure. So now, uh, are, are you ready for the other movie?
1: <laughs> oh god! And this is a tough one for me because, God, how many fucking over the years? I'm trying to think. Yep. So Hellraiser was my franchise growing up. Like, yeah, seems... Hellraiser one, right, right. And Hellbound yep. are some of my favorite horror movies. Like I will watch them every year. It's that's my franchise where it's like, hey, I need. You know, you've got your new partner, and it's Halloween, and they haven't seen all these movies. Those are the ones I choose to subject people to first. Like that's my way of getting to know a partner during cuddling hours.
0: And I would assume, Nick, that you have to do this often because after you have your partner watch Hellraiser, they're like, "Fuck this, I'm out," because (laughs) you you have chosen one of the most brutal movies as like that's that actually surprises me because you know how much I love horror, but hellraiser was never big on my list because i'm not a huge like gore bdsm guy so it's just surprising to hear that that's your (laughs) go-to
1: i think it's an easy sell because realistically it's not that terrifying like there aren't crazy jump scares like there's a story you can follow that gets you invested Mm -hmm. and then even while it does get gruesome yeah i think I kind of take it from like an artistic perspective like, wow, those are really practical effects that oh, like, look gory and like, make you squirm a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I appreciate it because it's I'm a big wimp around horror movies <laughs> like. <laughs> so just the fact that it can be scary and not so scary that I turn it off is yeah. like the best recommendation I can give. See, I see you as
0: a you're a pain and pleasure guy. So that's just, that, that movie just puts you
1: you in the right place. Yeah, I keep a bottle of uh, hot wax nearby <laughs> whenever Ian makes me watch a new DC movie. Oh, Black Adam God. just yep. came out, Ian. Yep, nope. <laughs> I, can, I can see it now. I can see it uh, now. But that is, that
0: is very interesting because I don't think in a lot of cases you run into people who really like the Hellraiser. Like, there are people that go crazy with it for sure. Absolutely. And there yeah. are people, I mean, Pinhead even if you haven't seen any of the Hellraisers, you can picture Pinhead in your head. Like, it's a, yeah. it's a very, once again, very iconic, I'm not even going to say quote-unquote, super, you know, iconic character, even with people that don't know the backstory uh, of what mm-hmm. it's about. But that is very interesting, though, because I think now I can realize that you you must have more invested in this franchise than I do. So this movie... The way that it turned out must mean more to you, I would assume, whether that's in the positive way or the negative way.
1: Yeah. Uh, another good way to give it context is I would have to sneak the VHS tapes of, like, those straight-to-VHS hellraiser oh, movies. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, those And they weren't good. <laughs> they <really> weren't good. <laughs> well,
0: see, that's, that's what sucks is I would love, actually, to go through the other hell—because I saw one and two. And I would love Mm -hmm. to go through the rest of them. I actually haven't seen them, but it's very difficult to get, like, they're not on streaming services. So you would have to go out of your way to try and get them. And I remember reading through some of the storylines of what's happened and some of the more recent ones too. And I believe if I'm not mistaken, didn't the final girl from one and two, didn't she come back at some point as
1: well? Yeah. I'm trying to remember in which one because I don't think it was even in the third one. I
0: think, no, it was that's like the it. sixth, like the fifth or sixth one or something. Yeah. Because I remember reading through them of what their plot lines were. And then, if I'm not mistaken, I think she became the
1: new pinhead at one point. Oh, now we're getting into the trivia. I'm yeah. Sorry. sorry. I'm yeah. 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 Anyways.
0: Days, <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> so, this, from what I read about this, so we're talking about the new Hellraiser that's on Hulu. And what I read is this is a reimagining of Hellraiser so they're not saying it's a sequel and they're not saying it's a reboot so whatever fucking dumb terminology they want to use they're saying this is a reimagining so they can basically do whatever they want but that also means they don't have to take chances you know they can dumb down the plot they can do all that kind of stuff and to me that's what it felt like to me was that they were dumbing down the plot while adding in something that they had never done that I know of anyways in the Hellraiser movies. And then they made a new pinhead as well. So how do you, how do you want to take this one? Because you might have certain topics about Hellraiser you want to go over.
1: Yeah, I think um, I'm going to come out of the gate here and say, I didn't love this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, uh, maybe right. uh, you know I'll I'll wait off to the end to give you know my interesting score and way to think about if I will ever see this again. Okay, all right. but I think it might be nice to frame it as, like you said, like it is a reimagining. So looking at it as to you know elements of the franchise that they did a great job of incorporating and some things that like I wish they could have done better on. Right. All right. Well, then let's. Why don't we tackle the puzzle box. Oh, yeah. So that specifically, they knocked it out of the park. Yes. I think a lot of the other Hellraiser movies did such a fucking awful job of establishing the lore. Right. Oh, my God. Was it Hellraiser three, which was (laughs) the one where they go into like where all the Cenobites come from? Uh, Like, oh, he was an RAF pilot or whatever. Yeah, right, right. You know, they, they try to establish, oh, it's a world of pain. And here's where their pain came from. And using that as the standard, Hellraiser 3, still love it. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie did a much better job of being like, here are the different versions of the box. And here's why people, even after you see the horrors, are like, you still want to find out more and it keeps luring you in. But And here's why people are tortured by it.
0: But can I ask you this though, Nick? When I all watched, right? like I said, I really only watched the first two and then I read about all the other ones. So I don't have as much knowledge as you do on this. But I don't remember there ever being different configurations of the box i only remember the one and what would happen would be people would be kind of enticed to open it and then they'd be taken into this you know terrible dimension of of pain and pleasure and and tortures and and uh, seduction and you know like all that kind of stuff like that's what it always seemed to be to me. I don't remember there being other configurations or a reason to open it besides the curiosity of that pain pleasure thing.
1: Remember too, I think they kind of talk about it in jeez, uh, that Hellraiser Bloodline. I'm trying to remember which one was the the really far future one, and which one was like a one of them was like a a video game. One. Oh yeah. <laughs> guy Blood, yeah, bloodline sounds familiar yeah it's definitely something that's very emphasized in this movie that i don't remember strongly elsewhere in the okay. franchise because i thought that
0: was kind of a good idea yeah but i also so i i do have the list here unless you have it memorized you do you have the the list of the configurations oh my god
1: no <laughs> all right
0: I, I had to look it up i had because i had to know a little bit but i don't want to memorize these because i'm not a freak so i'm just gonna <laughs> read up. So you've got lament, which is life, lore, which is knowledge, lauderant, which is love, luminal, which is sensation, Lazarus, which is resurrection, and leviathan, which is power. So basically six levels of the configuration of this box. And during the movie, you see the box turn into these different configurations and you have to solve each time to get to the next
1: one. The the hard part for me was I don't think they did a great job of explaining the impact of the different versions. Right. You know, like they definitely like they spell it out for you and you can see that the box is very different dimensionally at each point. Yes. But right. they don't really like go and go through like why each one is significant or is there any difference in the way you get tortured, you know, I think that was kind of left out, which is kind of yeah. unfortunate.
0: They only went through what happens with you when you get a choice at the end. And even then, they only really told you what three of them were. Mm -hmm. So there's still three more to find out, I guess, if they ever want to do a reimagined sequel or however the fuck they want to do it. But you really don't know what three of them are. But every time that you do this configuration, you do the next one, a blade pops out from a different spot, I guess. I don't know if that's every time or what. They didn't go into that either. But whatever blade, when that blade comes out of it, pierces you, whoever it pierces, then the Cenobites come for you and kill you in that other dimension. That's how it works. So to me, this is where I actually thought, even though I like the idea, I understand, I think we've talked about it before with horror movies, a lot of times horror movies are really good when you have rules that they have to follow. Mm -hmm. When the dimension with whatever storyline you have, when you have rules of how you kill something, how it tries to kill you, all that kind of stuff, it's nice to have those rules. I'm not sure it really works as well in Hellraiser because what was scary about Hellraiser was you do this puzzle and you have no idea what's supposed to happen. And then all of a sudden, if you're around a bunch of people you're all fucked because you're all getting transferred to this dimension. And then you have to try and get out Yeah. where now they're saying, well, no, that's, that's not the case. Now they're saying it's whoever gets hit by this blade is now fucked. They're going to be killed or released, whatever, you know, term that the Cenobites (laughs) want want to use for it. But either way, they're fucked. And if you didn't get stabbed, you're fine. And then the point for you now is, to continue going through the, the configurations to get to the end where then you get to basically make a wish of one of these configurations of what would work for you. So they've now really not to, you know, not to use a pun, but boxed you in now to the point of the box. (laughs) Yeah. You see what I mean? It's just, I, I like, I like the more, because what I always felt bad, I always felt bad for anyone who did the puzzle and didn't know what they were doing. Yeah. Because that, that to me was more sad and more scary than anything else is you do this puzzle. Like what if you were working on a fucking, um, uh, what do you call the, the color cube? What if you were doing a, um, what's that, what's that cube that you work on to get all the colors? Yeah. Rubik's cube. What if every time you did a Rubik's cube, it opened up a portal to a sex dimension? (laughs)
1: It's yeah, just, like it's just, a, it's a challenge, man. You got to look out for that. That's why yeah. I checked the inside of every Rubik's Cube before I solved it. That's why I've never, that's why I've never met someone who's solved a Rubik's Cube. Like, <laughs> yeah, they oh, all just like, yeah, they all disappear. Gone. That's a good it's, point. Exactly. We're so on to just, something.
0: It's just one of those things where I like the open-endedness of that and i always felt oh, yeah. sorry i always felt sorry for the lead character in that she i thought especially for one and two and stuff i thought it sucked because she did not want any part of that that was not something that she wanted to do but yet she was constantly sucked in and trying to help people and then being used as bait and using being used as the sacrifice like all that kind of stuff now though it's just like all right. Well, now you just you kill people and they get and they get taken away and then supposedly you get a prize at the end. It just seems a little I like like not immature, but it seems not as smart as it could have been.
1: Yeah. And that's why I like this one's a lot more about the choice. So mm-hmm. somebody yeah. has to go to the pain dimension. Right. And it's either the person who gets stabbed initially or it's somebody they choose to stab after yes right and i really like that because then you know all these movies essentially you know for the main ones one through three the ones that are you know good yeah um, <laughs> it's all about like you're you're trading souls in order to you know achieve a resurrection or achieve this gift right but then and so like the yeah, yeah go ahead go. sorry no no go
0: ahead you got it
1: yeah, so then it's about, you know, what you love and like, oh, you made a mistake, but now you have to keep trading lives in order to, like, restore this thing you hold dear. And that makes it personal, and I love oh, that. Oh, I do love the personal
0: aspect of it for sure, but then they ruin that by the end of the movie. Oh, yeah. that That's the thing. Like, you almost have to have, like, this movie, to me, seems very encapsulated in on itself because they they limit things so much like each character at least one character learns a shit ton at at the end and basically makes the smart decision but by making the smart decision it ends everything Mm -hmm. there there are no strings open there's no there's nothing there is no reason for anything else to happen now that she made the decision that she did and she only made the decision she did because she was listening to the bad guy tell his master plan yeah. You know what I mean? It's just that that just I don't know, there's something wrong about that. Like there almost should be an actual victory that can come. There there should be an actual prize that can come out of this, like maybe one out of the 6 if you pick the one, that's right? Mm-hmm. But you don't get that. Yeah. So I I don't know, it just feels like you've done all this for nothing. Almost.
1: Yeah, I could get that. I think definitely you know, there's the main bad guy, and I think that's the payoff for that character that you grow to not like. Like he oh, chases yeah. that knowledge so hard, and then that's his reward: is that oops, turns out you didn't know everything. Right, right. I mean, if we if we, oh, well, we should talk about what we
0: learned from this movie at the end of it
1: I guess, when, we're, <laughs> when we're done. I
0: I took two very distinct lessons out of this movie yeah. that that we will talk about. But yes, I think I think the configurations were good. I'm still not sure. I think with more competent writing, you can make that a staple in in later versions, I think. But I just don't think it was fulfilled completely in this movie, if that makes sense. I totally buy that. So then, did you see any other... Because I would consider that in general a positive, the way that they did the yeah. box. But did you see any other positives in the movie?
1: Yeah, I... I didn't really like the main character, Riley. No. But I no. loved the the frame of view where she's an addict and she's in recovery and her brother is kind of like the person who keeps bailing her out of stuff. So I think they oh. built that well. What's so weird is I have so much personal... I have so, much <laughs> thing,
0: I have so many things that I can think of in my actual life that parallel that so much.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I like that because then, you know... It's uh, these movies are about like oh it's the honest group you solved the puzzle because you were curious and now you have these unforeseen consequences that are just gonna follow you through right. this world of pain. Right. And a lot of them are about like the trade of like hey are you gonna trade more souls to mm-hmm. you know resurrect this person who meant something to you? How far does your knowledge have to go to solve this puzzle?
0: Yeah, but they how never went through terrible the,
1: things you're gonna see. They never really went through how difficult it would have
0: been to change it to different configurations. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, so they skip that, but you're right. You would think, and she never, I'm not saying that all addicts aren't smart, because I'm sure there are plenty that are. She never struck me as a very smart person. No. They also didn't show her as being, like, really good with puzzles. You know what I mean? It wasn't like Hellraiser 2, where the little girl was, like, a genius with puzzles and shit. So they had to bring her in to solve that initial uh, lament puzzle piece. You know what I mean?
1: I think he, you're right. This one didn't emphasize the solving of the puzzle. No. I no. think it was more about the journey through killing. Yes. I, kind of, I guess it was kind of the, the main right. story there. Right. And hey,
0: if that's the way, you know, that's the way they wanted to do it, that's fine. Like the the pieces of the movie do pretty much make sense. I mean, that whole, you know, the, the boyfriend, uh, you know, taking her to steal the box and stuff like that. I think they went way, there was no reason to have to do it that way. There was no, like, that was all, why even do that? Why not just hand her the box? Yeah. Uh, You know, like, there's just so many, there was no reason to go all in that direction to set things up that same way. Um, I also think, I thought it was very funny, the main bad guy, right? His... (laughs) When he when he made it through the box and chose his sensation one, which was uh liminal, uh was the thing, the sensation one. It's just so funny to me. Like, it's just like almost like a big brass key. (laughs) It's just like through his body. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) It's like, guys, if you're so good at making the box look good, why couldn't you make him be that person like it just it seems so ridiculously out there
1: for no reason whatsoever yeah but it was pretty gross and it was done very practically so i actually enjoyed that i I, i'm with you there now by the way
0: can we mention so much less gore than ever before
1: in a hellraiser oh yeah like nobody blew up or anything you got a lot of meat hooks like the classic but you were limited to like Three meat hooks per person. It's like they had a budget for yeah, it. Yeah, budget for like meat In previous hooks, I mean, movies, those shits were just flying everywhere. This should have been called <laughs> Hellraiser Recession. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like they the budget t- the, the 2020 financial system kind of hit them hard when yeah. they're making this movie. <laughs> Hulu Hulu doesn't pay
0: the same as, as
1: yeah, no, they spent all their movie movies. on prey, all their money on prey. Yeah.
0: Oh my yes. <laughs> That's
1: right. <laughs>
0: But it was, like, the only person, and even her death wasn't as gory as normal, but I just felt bad for Nora, the roommate. Oh, yeah, that was just just a bad bunch of luck. Yeah, she's just fucking there, and then she gets killed. But all the other deaths were, like, off screen. Like, there was nothing Mm -hmm. big time about, like, oh, my God, you're being ripped apart. You know, like, there was none of that kind of—Hellraiser, to me, was like, hey, there are people who are just their sinew and muscle because their skin has been ripped off. And now they're ripping off someone else's skin to put on their own skin. You know what I mean? Like that was Hellraiser. And this just seemed like a basic, like even less than a Saw movie. Yeah, no, totally. So I wonder if they're, they're now trying to kind of tone that down so that they get into the more of the mainstream crowd where before Hellraiser was for more
1: of the hardcore horror movie fans maybe yeah something i think they did very well is they put a ton of detail into like the actual cenobites like the ones that like the faces falling apart and all that stuff yeah. like the practical side of that was great they actually sure. like lit it well and shot it well so that you could actually appreciate the detail right. but the hard part there was that like there was no motion there like you could tell it was latex yeah and which is kind of like good and bad they really didn't seem to have Besides
0: the besides the new pinhead and besides the other chick one that had, like, the things, like, I don't know, she had, like, the umbrella on her head or whatever. Yeah. They seem to be the only two with actual personality. Mm-hmm. I would have liked more personality in the oh, Cenobites. Oh. Yeah. It, it just seemed like a lot of them were just, like, hired goons almost. But I thought every Cenobite was supposed to be something special. Mm-hmm. And that I did not get that feeling here. Oh God, no, no. So that, and then uh, by the way, so what do you think, what do you think of the new pinhead? Do you have anything, uh, you know, positive, negative for
1: that? Eh, kind of indifferent. Like it was there. It wasn't bad. Yeah. Um, I appreciated, like they definitely took a lot of time with like the kills that the new pinhead did specifically. Sure. Like when she, they're putting like the pin through the person's neck, like that's explained in gory detail. I appreciated that, you know, like, so that's a private touch. And they did the classic where like pinhead talks to like the main victim the whole time. And like, you're taunting somebody. So I think it was done well. Um, yeah, I don't have any opinion positive or negatively. It just, it happened. Yeah. I
0: miss, I mean, I miss Doug Bradley just because, Mm. you know, but I, I have no problem with them going in a different direction. Uh, I believe if I'm not mistaken, that the new Pinhead was played by a trans uh, actress. And if I'm not mistaken, I have read in the past that Pinhead is supposed to have more feminine features. Hmm. So if this is closer to what the original concept of Pinhead was, then that's totally fine with me.
1: Yeah, I think unlike a lot of similar casting choices of light, this didn't detract. No, I mean, I don't think it added, but at the same point, you know, it wasn't just... A forced choice in order to pander to some crowd like right, this. Right. This was a legitimate choice. I think the acting was good. It was done well. Yeah. So boom. Yeah. I'd that's, say overall I'm gonna win. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, even the the douchebag from uh
0: Thirteen Reasons Why was was fine. <laughs> I mean, I would have liked to personally have seen him get ripped apart. Yeah. That oh my god. And not and obviously not based on his lifestyle, just based on Thirteen Reasons Why. I can't stand that fucking show. But like that's what was funny. When I saw him show up, I was like, I wonder, are they going to make him be like part of the savior group? Or are they going to kill him? Yeah. And then I realized, I was like, oh, they're going to kill him. And then we really didn't get to see it. And I was like, ah, fuck. Ah,
1: damn. You didn't get that payoff. No, definitely did.
0: Yeah. But to me still, this movie, I I only watched it once. I, I have no desire to see it again. But to me, actually, and to oh, here's a here's a good question for you, Nick. We can both answer this. Would you rather watch this movie or Halloween ends again?
1: Oh my God, this movie by far. Oh oh, Jesus.
0: I'm with you as well. Now, by the way, I will say a lot of horror movies now, I miss the days of having like some attractive people in them. (laughs) Like I, I get it. You're trying to be like gritty, and maybe you think like it's more realistic to have like, semi-ugly people in your movies or something, but can we get back to at least having some attract, like, just I don't know, give me a six or a seven. I would
1: love to but see all of these that. were supposed to be about the dangers of promiscuous premarital sex as teenagers.
0: Yeah, and I uh. mean, I-, I guess you can have sex with whoever you want, but maybe you want them to be attracted to you, I- are attractive to you, something like that. But that's how I feel about these movies. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, I would rather watch this movie than
1: watch Halloween ends again. That is that is for sure. Yeah, the interesting one, you know, given the choice between this or one of the classic Hellraisers. Mm-hmm. No, I, I would choose a classic Hellraiser. Yes. Oh, no, no.
0: No doubt. This is maybe this is better than some of those really shitty ones, apparently. You know, recent like the Bloodline, and stuff like that. Maybe that's because Bloodline was later on, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if you're talking the first three. Right,
1: I would choose those over this one,
0: yeah, yeah, so I yeah mean, no,
1: I definitely agree, yeah, so I wouldn't avoid this movie, but yeah, I'm not gonna seek it out either.
0: yeah, it was just it was shot very dirty and dreary, and I don't think you're really supposed to like most of the characters i I mean, even you know the the boyfriend of the thirteen reasons why the brother mm-hmm. didn't really have anything special about him that I was like, oh, I'm rooting for this character. You know, oh, yeah. he, he was just kind of there and he wouldn't believe what was going on. And then when he did believe what was going on, it wasn't like, I, I don't know. He didn't become a hero. He didn't become, you know, a loser. I, I don't know. He just stayed very stagnant in what he was. So there wasn't anyone to really root for besides the the main girl, I guess. But I also didn't really feel bad for her that much either. I, I don't know. I just I didn't connect to these
1: characters. No, I think the only character like I kinda liked um, you know, through and through was the um the assistant to the rich guy. Yeah. Who was yeah. only really there at the start of the movie. Sure. Like I think that was developed well, while we're like, oh, she had seen the evil and she was trying to hide that evil from other people because she'd seen what it did to people. I get that. Like that yeah. was well developed. Like she was trying to You know, like, she was telling them enough information to, like, give them the answers they wanted, but, like, not enough to get them intrigued. Right. And I think that was done well, and I I would say that was the only character I legitimately liked.
0: Yeah, and it was very quick, though, too. And also, I would have thought, yeah, and I would have thought she would have given some type of a hint that this guy was working for Roland, too. Now, maybe she didn't know. Mm Mm-hmm. But that still seems a little like there was no, by the way, so that's a sorry, spoiler alert, everyone. But I, I think everyone knows anyways, that's what we do on the show. You know, the mm-hmm. the guy who the boyfriend that the girl was sleeping with was working for the rich white guy. And like that was the twist, I guess. But it really wasn't a twist. I think everyone saw that coming. Yeah. So that, that wasn't anything special. But no, I get what I actually had completely forgotten about that character because she did have such a small role but it it did i i get why you like that character compared to other ones for sure
1: i wish you know that role was more significant of like oh now she feels personally responsible that these kids were exposed to this and now she wants to do her best to like you know set them on a good path right. but you know you not everything gets paid off i i think it was still done well right so then really that whole the whole point was that
0: I guess the boyfriend was supposed to find a junkie that would then kill the six people that were needed, which still now, by the way, doesn't really make any sense. Because if the box had killed her, there wouldn't be anyone else to take the box.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't a very great plan.
0: Yeah. Because he even the the boyfriend even at one point says, oh, I never thought she'd be smart enough to do this or something like that. But then it's working the way that they wanted it to, or that the rich guy wanted it to. So yeah, anyways, that, that part's still sketchy or whatever, but then, so the whole point is that the rich guy is manipulating everybody to get the Cenobites to get to that six, to get to talk to the Leviathan again and say, get this thing out of me. You know, I don't want the sensation thing anymore. I, I, I guess he wanted to be normal, but then for some reason got, greedy again so even though he tells the girl hey I don't know who, what anyone told you but everything that they do is wrong everything yeah. they're tricking they're tricking you like he tells her straight up if you take any of, of their prizes th- that's it's wrong it's a bad choice because they trick you into taking something that you don't want but then he falls for it again <laughs> he takes the power he takes a uh. yeah a, a <laughs> Leviathan. So how could you not like? It's just like okay, I guess you're just stupid, and that's yeah. And that's you
1: fell for it twice.
0: <laughs> yeah, during during the time that you're telling the whole plot to the girl, you know there, you know you're giving your exposition. Uh, you're telling her not to do it, so she listens to you, but you didn't listen to yourself. All you should have just done was like, hey, I just don't want this thing in me anymore. Da, da, da. There we go. I'm good. Oh. So. Uh, <laughs> so, obviously he cho- he chooses the power one, the-, the Leviathan, and I guess it turns him into another uh Cenobite. I got from that. Yeah. So uh, I it's, it's like so what? I didn't care about this character anyways. So I don't know. Maybe we'll see him again. I don't know. We saw a bunch of Cenobites that didn't seem
1: to matter. What' back that's what I was thinking. Like it would have been fun if they developed the character of Cenobites like they did in the other movies, but right. they didn't they didn't. so otherwise that decision would have been more impactful,
0: right, because I'm assuming now that unless he gets entranced by the torment and pain, which he certainly didn't when it was attached to him, um, uh, but now being turned into a Cenobite, I would assume that his whole goal now is to become human again, yeah. Or to get to get more power maybe to be now higher than than the priests than the pinhead. I, mm-hmm. I, I guess. But do we really care about that story? I, I don't know.
1: I'm not gonna make the sequel they make from this.
0: <laughs> It'd be interesting, no, I guess. No.
1: Nope. But hey, it ended.
0: It did, yeah. The girl the girl, you know, got to you know, through her trickery, she ended up Her brother's boyfriend saved and then sacrificed, you know, the guy who had betrayed her. And then that got her to the sixth round or whatever. And then when she was asked what she wants, you know, you're thinking she's going to revise the brother. Mm -hmm. uh, But we all learned from Pet Cemetery that that never goes well anyways. No. no. So she decides she's not going to choose anything. And they say, well, that's the that's the lament. Uh, side which is living with your grief. So that's their gift, is is living with your grief and what and your choices and whatnot. And then the box goes back to the regular cube that we are used to seeing it in. And she leaves it there and she leaves with the uh the boyfriend of her brother. Yep. And that's that's the and then the end of the movie is showing the rich guy getting peeled apart and his new Cenobite body or whatever it's going to be. So yeah, that's nice and easy. That's it. But I still don't get now, I still don't get why you wouldn't take the box with you. To hide it or throw it in the ocean. Or yeah, something. do do fucking something. Put it in your safe in your house. Just do something. But also, by the way, what a great like that guy, the rich guy was using it to get, you know, whatever, you know, oh, I'm so rich. I I you know, life is so good that I need more, right? That was the point. Yeah. So he's like, okay, what can I get more from these powerful beings? For her, though, or technically maybe not for her because it's not her personality, but wouldn't you think that if you were like a murderer or serial killer, wouldn't you want that box around and then you could just give it to people and have them be murdered and taken away and there'd be no evidence of this murder and then you would just get to the sixth round and go, no, I'm all good. I'll, I'll take the lament. And then you've got your murder box back. It's a murder box. Yeah, you're just you're just killing people without any consequences whatsoever. You know, there's gonna be no evidence of this kill. There's gonna be nothing because the body's gonna be dragged out into another dimension. Yep. And the cenobites are gonna be happy with you because you keep on giving them people and there's no consequences to you. <laughs> like I I don't know. Do you make a movie like that? Can you can you
1: pull that off? I don't know probably fucking hot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why would you want to? That's that's the question there. I think it was oh god, I hope it's not sequel bait. But, you know, <laughs> it was it was a nice little retelling of the original concept. It sure. added some new stuff. It didn't subtract too heavily, you know, the the some of the new fun stuff. Yeah, just just let it lie.
0: <laughs> just let it lie. No, I look, I I once again, I don't want to make you sad. I just think that now, like I said, nowadays, everything is going to be redone and continually redone. That's just the oh, nature of everything. Take everything that you enjoyed and just know that people are going to shit on it by making another one of it. No matter what.
1: Why? I know. <laughs> I
0: know. They just keep doing it. You're right. That's I all. I should just be
1: accustomed to it by
0: now. Yeah. Every franchise, just name a fucking franchise. It's coming back or it's it's in production right now. It's always going to be returning. Don't don't be surprised there's going to be another Friday the 13th. For sure. They yeah. already tried to reboot it. You don't think they're going to reboot it again? There's going to be yeah, another what, Freddy uh, at some point. There's going to be like oh, all yeah. all that stuff's going to happen. All of it. So we shouldn't yeah. even bother. I mean, dude, they're probably going to bring back fucking Pumpkinhead and no one cared about pumpkin head, oh, but they'll bring it God, back. And people will be like,
1: about and yeah,
0: they'll be like, Oh my God, pumpkinhead's back. And you're going to be like, you never cared when it was around before. And they're going to be like, Oh, but it's back.
1: Yep. Yeah. Okay.
0: All right. So by the way, I want to know, did you, I learned two things from the new hell racer <laughs> that I'm going to take oh, as, as life lessons. Did you learn anything? No. Okay. Because my, my original, as I told you, and I've, I made this joke, even though I think it's semi-serious, throughout my whole life since I knew about Hellraiser, I don't tend to do puzzles. <laughs> like, I, just, I don't do anything that's in a cube puzzle because I'm just like, I don't want to open that dimension. Like, yeah. I just don't want to. Two things that I learned from this movie are, I'm trying to think, if what were they trying to teach people from this movie? And I got two things. One, hey junkies, always listen to your brother. <laughs> your brother's always right. <laughs> so that's one thing. <laughs> the second thing is, hey uh hey, rich guys, like just be happy with what you have, just be happy Aww. with what you have. There you go. Stop, stop trying to get more, just be content with your life the way it is. I think this movie was all about helping rich guys out
1: I, mean, I guess <laughs> 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 yeah, that's kind of a weird way to
0: put it, but yeah, yeah, Ian's right, yep, it's just and they never they never said like that that girl isn't a junkie anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. So she's probably going back to do like, wouldn't you say after going through an uh, an ordeal, let's just call this an, an ordeal. Yeah, <laughs> after yeah. You were done. Don't you think the first thing she did when she got back was pop a bunch of pills? Oh, my God. Yeah, I would think so. So I don't think there was any lesson there. Like, hey, don't be a junkie because it's bad for you. Like, I don't think she cares. So the only thing I really got out of out of it was listen to your brother. And rich guys, be content with what you have. There you go. Yeah, good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep, yep. There they it. just keep putting out new horror sequels for Ian to make Nick watch. Yep, that, I basically,
0: <laughs> basically, I think that I think that's it. But yeah, man, look, I I consider the the same way that people call New Year's Eve like amateur hour for for drinking. I call this whole month of Halloween amateur hour for people watching horror movies. Oh, yeah. Because I watch horror movies all year long. Mm-hmm. I love horror movies. I hate horror movies. They, I, I get a lot of passion when I watch them because I really want them to be good. And I think in most cases, horror movies can be really good, but they they play to a very dumbed down audience. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's that's the big thing. People want certain, you know, they want their gore. They want their blah, blah, blah. They want their jump scares. And to me, I, people have heard me say this ad nauseum, but jump scares are not actual scares. They're involuntary movements that the human body makes based on a loud sound or a quick cut, all that kind of stuff. It's not a scare if it's involuntary. Yeah. So real scares are the things that come from actually scary things that happen on the screen. And that's why Nick likes Hellraiser so much. That's why I like Scream when Billy and Stu are talking about their plan of how they plan on getting away with everything. And you see the true psychopath that can exist in the real world. That's scary. That's the kind of stuff. That's the kind of stuff you got to look out for. It's, It's not necessarily you know the mass man going around and and murdering people that's not as realistic as some of the other crazy scary things that could be happening all the time so i don't know i i appreciate horror movies a lot i expect a lot out of them and i really do enjoy talking about horror movies even if i don't particularly like the horror movie but what i like when it's a movie that i like a horror movie that i don't like is i i want a certain level of humor in it and i don't think either of these really had that Besides saying like, bitch, what the fuck? Why are you messing with that box? Yeah. Like, other than that, there's not that much different. And I do almost like, I don't think we talked about this. I almost like that technically she didn't fuck with the box until she was high. So it was almost like she didn't have control of herself when she did it. So you can almost blame the addiction for starting all of it. You see what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of like that a little bit too, but in most cases, if it's a bad horror movie, I want to be able to laugh at it. I, that's what I, that's what I want. But a lot of these recent ones just haven't been funny enough to justify any of that part. So anyways, that's my, that's my little rant
1: at the end there. But
0: (laughs) is there anything else you wanted to mention, uh, before we sign off here?
1: Yeah. Everybody stay spooky. Uh, enjoy your Halloween, cuddle up, get some booze and watch something that wasn't the two movies we mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a good way to put it. And I will leave you
0: the way I always do. Long days and pleasant nights. Thanks everyone.